What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Unscripted and Unapologetic. It is Sunday, February 13th, 2022. And we're going to do a little bit of a week in review. Yesterday, for all like three of you that watch this, hopefully that number will soar into the double digits in the coming days and weeks. Uh, you might have noticed that yesterday we took a day off due to massive um, technical difficulties, a.k.a. I was binge-watching Last Man Standing and being lazy, and um, I'm cool with that. Anyway, today's episode will be um, just a quick little week in review, maybe a little story on the side, you know how I like to do that, and then a look ahead to... Uh, the upcoming week check it out and as always forget to subscribe you know and i don't mean just like hit the little subscribe thing if you're watching this on youtube which you probably are but i mean go to Substack and like type in your shit and subscribe there you know what i'm saying like that's the thing to do and then and then you'll start getting things and maybe you'll read them maybe you won't but tell people in your circle be like uh, subscribe to this shit it changed my life it was transformative doesn't have to be true enough people start looking at it I don't know where I was going with that strategy but uh, I'm gonna stick with it for now so anyway let's get into the weekly wrap-up hey hey what's going on everybody it is Sunday February 13th 2022, I almost said 2013. Wow, what a different world that was. And welcome back to Unscripted and Unapologetic uh, for us to take a quick look at um, the important story as far as I was concerned this week. There's so many, uh, like, so many of them, it's hard to keep track. And when you're sifting through the fecal matter that is the mainstream media, it can get even more difficult. But before I go any further, um, remember, remember to subscribe at my Substack. The link will be included below. Uh, my YouTube channel, my Rumble channel, or wherever you found me, subscribe um, right now. And honestly, if you dig my low-tech approach to discussing reality, please share my content widely. And don't, don't be afraid to swing through the Patreon page to that I'm working on and sign up there and then have all your friends and whatnot do the same. It might be shameless, but hey, you got to put yourself out there. And honestly, the only way that I'm going to be able to keep doing this and grow is uh, if I can eke out a little bit of a living. And luckily, it doesn't take much even in this economy where fucking inflation is soaring. Um, the reality is that I'm in a cohort of millions upon millions of people, I realize that, that are uh, being squeezed into a corner because we won't comply. For years, I have, um, to the best of my ability, working nonprofits, supported independent journalists, some that you may have never even heard of, Tree of Knowledge, Tree, you're awesome, uh, Shannon Joy, the Shannon Joy Show out of Rochester, New York. 
um, you know, $10 here, $100 there, $2, you know, whatever. Um, and I'm hoping that if karma is a real thing, that shit comes full, full circle and make that sound too when it does it. Um, I know that there's a lot of people that want to speak on on what's going on that that actually have woken up uh, a lot of times um and some of the conversations that'll happen i get to this place too but then i think about it and i'm like mm. uh you look around and you see if you're unvaxxed and you're not willing to get vaxxed and you're against the compliant uh the mandates and all that stuff and you're really actually looking at the big transition they're moving us into and you recognize that this is just uh phase one uh, maybe you're one of those individuals but you know you have a job at I don't know say like ESPN or you're a doctor even or you're you know you have uh, a job where you have to be very careful and that job pays for things like your cars your house and food for your children well then you have a vested interest in considerable losses and it's really tough for those people to speak up. Um, and it's really tough for me as someone who doesn't have a spouse. I'm just responsible for myself. I don't have any children. Um, it's tough for me to, to insist that those individuals at this time uh, speak up. I wish they would more. Safety comes in numbers, but I totally understand why a lot of them aren't able to yet. And so that's where, as far as I'm concerned, people like me, um, and there's gotta be uh, so many of us, should be raising our voices first. I'm happy to sacrifice and um, not excited about that because when I say sacrifice, uh, I mean, it could come with pain. I'm happy to do that upfront, but there will come a time when those individuals who were hesitant because they were scared of what they were going to lose at first are going to need to hop on the bandwagon. Otherwise, we're never going to be able to um, to right the ship. It's just not not going to happen. Um, anyway, like I said, go ahead and uh, bombard your friends and family and those who are not necessarily like your friends but maybe just acquaintances um send them my stuff too just send it to everybody that's my my really sophisticated strategy for growing my podcast not having actual talent or whatever no but seriously um these platforms and having these discussions are really important i want to i do want to make a side hustle i'm a really transparent person I, i'm going to need to but that's not the primary reason why I'm doing this. Um, if people look at my efforts, they go back to when I was fully employed, I'm still looking for work with youth now full time again, back in a job that I'd be working 80 hours a week. Um, the only thing that's holding me back is that I will not get the vaccination, I will not wear a diaper on my face, I will not uh, bullshit teenagers. Um, and I, I just won't be a part of that. And it's really tough to do that, although there are some programs. So um, the only other way I can think right now, and if I do land a job, I still want to be doing this, uh, to protect 
kids because that's who at the end of the day this entire transition the great reset all of it is is not so much for me at 40 years old as it is for someone else at 21 and under um, is to to get this information out there to hopefully educate those in the younger generation and there you know a lot of people don't have faith um, I do. I, I I have faith that they'll wake up. I um, I know that as far as the gamification and the just that accepting of these new interfaces and the digital twinning and all of that stuff that me and Allison McDowell talk about. I know that um, that is that they are very susceptible to it and are already being very very much sucked into that world and all of this is you know, stuff that they have to deal with, but it's not cemented. Um, and when people learn something, they can unlearn it too, particularly if it's crap, you know? Um, if, uh, you know, there's a thousand examples. Anyway, some of the developments um, that are taking place, we, we would love to attribute to the efforts of the resistance, but there, in actuality, glimpses of the development and the deployment of several strategies uh, on the enemy's end. Um, and when I say that, I, I, mean, I mean this. And this uh, is a line that Shannon Joy said on her show, so credit where credit is due, because this hits it spot on. And I'm pretty sure I got it verbatim here when she said that the the elite only plan on pausing the restrictions. Uh, they're not rolling them back. They are reloading. So they're not rolling them back. Let that hang for a minute. They're reloading. And that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, she says it on her show a, a lot, you know, um, that when you wake up in the, in the morning, it's, an, it's impossible to, even if you are aware of all these things, it's, it's not impossible, but it's tough to know what the establishment is going to do. It's tough to know what they're going to throw at us, what our so-called experts are going to say and which direction they're going to um, be pushing us in, you know, if you are, if you know the big picture and you know where the road leads in their minds, then, then you can have an idea about the agenda, but then there's the timing and everything else. Um, I would hope by now that it's becoming clear to people that we've been duped, that we've been played. Um, but it's a really hard thing to come to terms with, to say to yourself, I've been duped and I've been played. It's not easy for anybody. It wasn't easy for me. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that I'm being duped and played in some way right now. I will be in the future. And once you get the information and find out about it, you write, you correct it. And, um, but it's when, when it entails, I had a major freak out moment more than one uh, when I, you know, 
was reading and researching these different groups, all, all of them and their incestuous relationships with each other from the big pharma to IBM to uh, you know Alphabet and how they're all connected and um, and you know it's so big and powerful you you kind of have a moment where you you can almost lose your breath um, it's really it's really quite it can be quite terrifying but these people I like I like to say so often I mean these people in the powerful positions they they eat shit piss and drool just like and fart just like the rest of us as crude as that may sound the reality is what I'm trying to say is that there is a, a predator type energy behind uh driving the nefarious part of this driving these people to in powerful positions um, to make these decisions. It's that predator energy that it is drawing out and extrapolating the most undesirable and darkest of human traits, which is exploitation, manipulation, uh, predation, things like that. Um, but they're not, can't explain what this predator energy is, you know? I mean, it, it could be, if you're religious, I, I am, I consider that like Satan, but I also look at it as something much more interesting and big than than that and divinity is uh incredibly powerful and it's its counterpart but um look i mean even if you've been researching this for years and years you understand their policies along with our federal legislation and uh, how our federal government and its agencies and all its little baby agencies and their baby agencies. God, a bureaucrat giving birth. Ugh. What was I saying? Oh yeah, um, it, even if you know all that, you're familiar with all of that, um, it's, it's still difficult to know uh, how they're gonna time a transition, you know, uh, what tools they'll use to get our compliance, how hard they'll push or pull back. Um, they're in it for the long haul. And that's where it gets really tough for people because uh, even me, because you want to think, all right, we'll fight this series of battles, fight this war, have this engagement, whatever you want to call it. And um, it'll be taxing and it'll be, uh, really hard and it'll be painful and it'll come with sacrifice but once it's over uh it'll be over and that's sort of true maybe uh but the plans that these individuals have made um different groups and things like that let's just it's this is a whole and getting into a podcast for maybe another time that would be like a 10-hour david ike type presentation or something but the reality is is that it's it's um an agenda that's long been in the making. So they don't worry about timing. I mean, they do, they, they have goals like where they wanna be at the end of this decade is a world that's gonna look nothing like it even does today, just the same way that our world looks very, very different than what it did January 1st, 2020, right? I, I, you know, by December 31st of uh, 2020, I was in a tailspin, like, I mean, just everything had changed. Um, 
especially once the vaccines uh, came out. So anyway, um, it's, it's, tough, it's tough to know. And one thing that can always be guaranteed is, um, well, two things. One, I think that they think on their end that they can co-opt our movements or just wait long enough and we'll fizzle out. So we need to prevent them from doing both. And then two, fear is always on the menu in some form. Um, always. It's just too fucking effective not to be. And they can drum up, can and do drum up fear um, to target society writ large, people in a specific cohort, or both, or myriad of different other things too. Um, you have fear in all kinds of forms. I mean, of course, there's the fear of, of the crisis, whatever it is, you know, um, the power grid going down, the virus mutating into an actual super deadly super bug and people rolling out of their houses in body bags, like, you know, uh, out of that movie from the 90s with Dustin Hoffman, the outbreak, that type of situation. Um, there's that, they put that out there, start talking like that, and there's that fear, and then it can manifest into some examples you see, um, which feeds on the fear. And then we're all kinds of irrational, like people who know people who have died of COVID, um, they might completely forget about the fact that uh, they were had compromised lungs because they were a firefighter and were in the Twin Towers on 9-11. And also now, uh, you know, they were 60 years old and had gotten obese. It's literally an example for my mom. He got, I mean, if he had gotten influenza, would he have died then? Either way, it starts to feed the fear and, um, and metastasizes them. Then there's the fear of alienation. Uh, depending on the circumstances and our current plight, I have to say, um, regarding the division over the vaxxed versus the unvaxxed, you know, the vaccinated people over the unvaccinated is a perfect example of the fear of uh, alienation. It's, it's literally like taking peer pressure, the idea of peer pressure from when you're in high school and college, I guess, or even younger, not Peer pressure really is full throttle, I think, in middle school and early high school. It's like taking that idea and like putting it on steroids. Um, and there's the fear, my, like my dad always says, the fear of pain. You know, it's, um, I was watching a great interview, Tova Friedman, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, a Holocaust survivor. I don't know how old the interview is. But, um, she speaks very, very well. And She's talking about, you know, uh, why people, when, when people ask, you know, you were being marched one, one soldier with a gun and there's 50 of you, why didn't somebody do something? And she was explaining all the different variables. She's like, you know, you, you don't know where you are, where you are, where you're going, you know, uh, there's a million different things. But on top of that, one thing she didn't mention that when I brought up the same kind of, I was reading night by Eli Wiesel and I was talking to my dad and he reiterated what I already knew. And that is that all of us, including myself, um, if we can, we're gonna avoid pain. I'm talking, not just talking physical pain, but of course, psychic pain, like you know, spiritual pain. We're gonna avoid pain, um, even the toughest amongst us. Uh, but the average person, which I am, um, 
does not want pain. I want all this to go away. I want to wake up tomorrow um, as blissfully ignorant as I was on September 10th, 2001. That's what I want. So fear of pain. Um, and if, if you're a parent during this time, fear of losing your children, your job, your home, essentially your place in your community. Some, all of a sudden you become a pariah because what you're, you're asking questions, you're waiting, you're, uh, you know, I mean, some of the videos you saw in the early pandemic of, of people walking up to unmasked people in a store or parents who, who, you know, had the temerity to not mask their, their three-year-old. And, you know, you have an old lady screaming, you know, I hope you all get COVID and die. And meanwhile, as she's screaming, you know what I mean? Her, I think in one of them, her mask was down and she's probably spewing all those little droplets that are so scary all over the place. Um, and then, frankly, there's the fear of the worst, whatever that is for you. And that's going to be based really on how much you've educated yourself on our situation. Um, if you've truly put all the puzzle pieces together, then you know that the worst could happen and, and the worst that I'm talking about is as bad as it could possibly get. Um, that is genocide, internment, dead. Um, and in a lot of ways, in a lot of places, whether you wanna call it a soft or a hard internment, um, experimental beta testing internment, in Australia, they're already doing that and worldwide as far as the genocide, um, they've some would argue they've already begun. Um, then, of course, there's the fear of being the only person to speak out, classmate of mine back when I was taking just a random social work class, um, maybe in 2008. We were talking about, you know, the deep state kind of, we got pretty deep in that class, you know, and essentially what he said is um, nobody wants to be the only man, you know, nobody wants to be. Uh, there's nobody that's, and he's absolutely right. There's, there's nobody that I can think of that's not narcissistic anyway, that's genuine. Nobody genuine who genuinely wants to help is excited to be the only man or woman, to be the first person or even in the group of the first people, you know, to speak up. It takes real courage to do that. And um, there are days uh, when I look at what these truckers are doing or, or, or what any number of public figures who are actually speaking out are doing. And I just marvel at them and, and hope that when and if my time comes, when and if I get uh, enough traffic and enough um, attention, I can be uh, just as um, brave and put myself out there. Um, hopefully, you know, talking to people at some point um, out in the world, out on the street as I hit the road. That's kind of what I would love. We'll just see how things go. Um, and then of course, there's the fear that there's no way out, that why bother? Cause you know, we're, we're fucked basically. Um, and that's where I'm gonna leave this whole fear thing. And I'm gonna do that because I do think there's a way out. We could discuss a lot of the lies in the media but that gets so redundant that even though redundancy, as I've said, is what we need in some cases to get people to see, I just need to take a beat and pretend Brian Stelter doesn't have a fucking show called Reliable Sources 
and even worse than that, that he might even have an audience of 12 people who hang on his every word, even that is too much for me. So I think it's prudent to take a look at this week's events insofar as they pertain to the protests in Ottawa, Canada. There are too many events to go over, but what I what I want to do, I mean, we all know that Justin Trudeau uh, took a, a beat of his own. He was kind of absent from the scene for a, a spell and then he returned. And when he did, he was unequivocal. Um, in the clip that I'm going to play for you here, um, in his speech, which uh, again, I'll play here and I'll include the link in, uh, in the show notes, uh, stating that people who do not comply with the government and stay away from the protests are breaking the law. And he, he um, insinuates that he's willing to use some, some pretty extraordinary uh, a, a force. So um, let's go, uh, go ahead and I'll see if I can um, bring up that video real quickly here. Ta-da. And uh, no mistake, the border cannot and will not remain closed. I want to remind everyone that politicians don't direct police in a democratic society, but I can assure you. The RCMP is working with provincial and local police departments to enforce the law. Everything is on the table because this unlawful activity has to end and it will end. Of course, I can't say too much more now as to exactly when or how this ends because unfortunately we are concerned about violence. So we're taking every precaution to keep people safe. But the absolute safest way for this to end is for everyone to return to your communities now. If you're still participating in illegal blockades, you're hurting your neighbors. It's time to go home, especially if you have kids with you. Dans les dernières semaines, on a vu que des fonds ont été amassés pour soutenir les barrages, incluant des fonds provenant de l'étranger. C'est important de comprendre que ces fonds ne peuvent pas soutenir des activités illégales. Canada's banks are governed by laws, regulations and practices that ensure funds cannot be used for criminal or illegal activity, and these blockades are illegal. Canadian banks are monitoring financial activity very closely and taking action as necessary. I want to make something very clear. You do, huh? The illegal blockades seeking to take our neighborhoods and our economy hostage and the collective COVID fatigue we are facing are two very separate things. Nah, they're pretty much the same. If you join the protests because you're tired of COVID, you now need to understand you're breaking laws. Need to the consequences understand. are becoming more and more severe. You don't want to end up losing your license, end up with a criminal record, which will impact your job, your livelihood, 
So you'll start. Given your ability to travel internationally, including to the US. We've heard your frustration with COVID. With the and we don't care. We're there to keep people safe. Yeah. We've heard you. Oh, God. This it's time to go home now. Nauseating. Thank goodness for the stop share. I just, um, that's, uh, boy. Um, that's just horrifying. So, <laughs> that, that was part of a longer speech, I think, but particularly of p particular interest to me um, were the comments he made about, about not wanting to share too much more information about how they would end the blockade because of the concern of violence. Uh, my question, violence from whom? Uh, it seems to me that on the surface, he's trying to insinuate kind of in a dual manner, like A, that these individuals uh, who have been nothing but peaceful from the beginning uh, might become violent. Conversely, Mr. Trudeau, Trudeau, little fucking Kendall there, also seems to be making it clear in my mind, that violence is a tool that is not being ruled out. And it's easy for me to come to that conclusion, or some might say jump to that conclusion, um, because he also said that everything is on the table when it comes to these blockades ending and made it clear that they will end. They will end. These blockades will end. Um, I mean, the just the, how condescending his tone was there. Not, I mean, not just dictatorial, uh, but condescending. And, and remember, it's important to remember that they're playing for keeps. So who knows what stops they'll pull out. Yes, there's some uh, provinces, there's rolling back restrict. That's all good. We need to highlight that. But the reality is that this needs to play out. It needs to play out just like it needs to play out with um, me and millions like me trying to find our way. I mean, I wish I could find a way to link up or to form groups in our communities um, and get something going. I, I, I don't know. I need to be doing more. We all need to be doing more uh, because then the government won't just have one uh, movement to look at and, and crush, but if they're talking about doing it here in DC, uh, from California to DC, which they've already got that planned out, it, what's that set to commence next, uh, not next week, next month, um, I, I just wonder what the US's response is going to be compared to Canada's. And by then, we should also have an idea of how Canada ended it. I mean, when you when you draw these things out, they always end with the government using force, and that's a scary thing. But in my estimation, as scary as that is, uh, if you let it come to that, and you remain peaceful and immovable, and you and you stand on your principles, then you've won. And and the government can be as brutal and as bloody as they want. The more brutal they are, the more bloody they are the more outrageous and upsetting they are, the more people will wake up. 
And if they should do, like Shannon Joy said on her show, it will start if they have a really serious crackdown with the communications and media blackout in Ottawa. If they do that, let it be known that what they're doing in the dark is dirty, dirty, mobster, gangster, thuggery. And they are probably killing people, interning people, and harming people who want nothing else but their freedom and to stop this insane agenda. I don't know how many of the truckers are aware of just how big the picture is. It doesn't matter. They need our support now. And other peaceful resistance movements need to spring up around it. Teachers, doctors refusing to participate. The system of intimidation only works when large enough groups of people aren't coalescing and organizing. Look, so far, the Canadian government has stolen money from donors. They've gotten, they've had their police take away gasoline, the gasoline that powers the trucks and then keeps the people alive, essentially. Um, and they're insinuating that they're ready to use extraordinary force. Force comes in many different shapes and sizes. And sometimes people don't realize when coercion is being used against them. Um, they think, you know, it's something else. But then there's occasions where it's very, very clear. This is an occasion where it's very, very clear. We'll just have to see where it plays out, um, how this plays out, I should say. This is where the real test is. And if the, like I said, I'll reiterate, if the government is allowed to win in the end, um, then, then that is gonna be a setback of extraordinary scope and scale. And frankly, a setback that um, we might not be able to immediately come back from. It's just, this is just phase one. And if we fold now, the, the, the next phases are going to be really doubling down on those digital identities, needing it to log onto the internet after all the cyber stuff that they're gonna pull. Um, we really need to be talking about this, having conversations about it and supporting the resistance, okay? Supporting the resistance. Uh, I keep these truckers in my, and everyone who's participating and helping them in my thoughts and prayers every moment of every day so far. And I hope to have the opportunity to stand beside a movement just like this one here in the United States. If we fail to show resistance during this first phase of the Great Reset, then we stand little to no chance in avoiding a terrible new world, a world that's um, being sold as flashy, convenient, sexy, and the way of progress when in fact it's really just a techno dictatorship with all the tools to make digital slavery a reality and um, a prison that we will never be able to escape from. Um, so that's it for now. Uh, on Tuesday's episode of the 15th, uh, Tuesday, February 15th, um, I'll be kind of taking a look back um, at, uh, in just a real free flowing, open, kind of all over the place conversation with a wonderful person in my life, Linda DeFrancesco shortly after my vaccination injury was a teacher uh, 
in my life who played an integral role in advocating for me. Um, the fact that I remember her all these years later, uh, even before the pandemic um, uh, was a thing and changed life, I had reached out to Linda on LinkedIn. Um, we ended up connecting um, after I'd been laid off and the pandemic was in full tilt and um, it really lifted my spirits, didn't surprise me. I kind of had a, in, intuitively, I kind of felt that she would be like this, but, but we agreed on, on so much. And, um, and she was really an ally for me and um, saw past my injury and um, saw me for what I could be. And also, um, advocated in her own way as best as she could, um, whether she realizes it or not, things that were different than what were being tried on me. You know, I was being heavily medicated. Um, the system had injured me and it was still injuring me, injuring me. And um, I've said it once and I'll say it a million times, my mom, my dad, heroic, parents, my mom, crusader. My mom was heavily conflicted about all of these things, meds and all of it. She was just trying to navigate as best as she could. Um, Linda and I discuss um, kind of what I was like at that age. Um, one of the, the, mo the modalities, the therapies, I should say, that um, helped me never know quite how much, um, but I think a lot vision therapy and um, a little bit about something I think called streps syndrome, um, would have to, to look, but it's uh, a great conversation. We already had it, I'm going to air it on Tuesday. Check it out, please share widely and um, don't forget to like, subscribe, and all the rest. So see y'all on Tuesday. Until then, everyone stay safe and have a blessed Sunday evening. Thank you.